What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today's episode, once again, we got another special guest in the building, and it's the one and only Archie. So Archie's decided to come here on this week's episode as well, and we're going to talk about rappers from the hip-hop, rap, and trap scene doing collabs with certain EDM artists, having their own songs explore into the EDM scene as well, and do we love the moves that the rappers are doing or do we hate it? This is something to talk about because it all started way back before in the house scene when certain rappers want to be more influential in the EDM scene, probably capitalizing the movement that was happening in the EDM scene, like the booming era with house uh, popping out with the big room era, then the dub set and then the trap. And I'm seeing a lot of artists that are trying to do it. But at the same time, I see a lot of people not liking it. It's more of a love and hate relationship what's going on, but we're going to talk about this. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast or Spotify, Apple Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and as well as the YouTube channel at the LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com where you can check all my latest episodes. You can also follow me at any of my social medias at Wolves and Music. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Global Podcast. Timer's up. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. And today's episode, once again, we got a special guest at the building, the one and only Archie. What's going on, Archie? What's good, man? Glad to have you. Hey, man. Well, tongue twister. I didn't drink enough water. Glad you had me back on your show. Hey, man, I wasn't even noticing. But hey, good to know (laughs) that you actually like you're on point on this type of stuff. Hey, (laughs) grab some water as well, you know? Hey, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, man. man. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Every time I do these type of uh, stuff with you, man, it's not only educated for me, but for other listeners. I have people telling me, like, man, your conversations are actually very unique, you know, because it's it's a different set of mindset that we bring into the table, you know. Sometimes we agree to it and sometimes we disagree, but it's always good to know this. Now, this topic that we have in today's episode could be something that we both agree or we both disagree, or one agrees or disagree. And I want to bring this to the table. And then the reason why I want to bring this to the table is because I just recently, I just recently heard a new song that come out and it just makes me like, huh, I can't believe that we're still doing this. Awesome. That's actually pretty good. And it is rappers going EDM. Now, do we love it or we hate it? So what's our initial thoughts about, you know, hip hop, trap, or rap artists trying to take over to this, you know, EDM scene, you know, to go to my scene. What do you, what's your thoughts about it? Um, you know, to tell you the truth, mm. shout out those who tried it and it worked first. Hey, first all, amen. <laughs> I know one guy who, who, um, who does, uh, he, he, he dibs and dabs in other genres. And that's, um, the guy who did, um, man, he from LA. Um, oh my gosh, he a DJ. Yeah. Which one? Skrillex? Not Skrillex. Um, he a hip hop DJ. Oh, he's he saying. actually pro- produced a lot of um mustard. He mustard, yeah. Mustard on the DJ beat. Mustard. Yeah. 
That kid, that kid, that hey, what one of my homies, um, nitty gritty, shout out to him. Um, he actually has worked along with mustard before. Yeah, that, that, that he got talent, man. That, that kid. Uh, I'm an old guy, so it takes me a while for my brain to kick in, man. <laughs> I'm almost 50, man. So hey, hey, I, hey, whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> Everybody's young in, in this show. All right, man. Just keep it alive yeah, to be so, young. <laughs> We're all young and reckless. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Mustard did it. Um, even Lil John did it. Yeah. Lil John, I think, was one of the first ones that actually did it where DJ's. from a DJ perspective. Yeah. Because everybody loved his his voice. They sampled his voice. Oh my God. How many times that how many times they sampled that's his voice? He, a lot, man. I think. I think by just people trying to clear his voice is how much money he's earning yeah. from royalties because everybody wants a piece of his his voice on every song. Like, kid you not, there's more than thousands of EDN songs out there in the world. And I can tell you, I can count at least more than 10 songs has a little John song, uh, voice in it. Yeah. yeah, he capitalized. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a smart move from him. He just had a unique voice too, and I I watched an interview on him when he first started out in Atlanta ATL, and he was doing a lot of the um bass music, mm-hmm. um the dance music, and he was saying like his first sound models he was getting it was nothing like all the other hip hop was getting like the uh, Proteus the Emu it's, it's, it was some sound models back then that had like was real popular, and he said he went and got the I think he said the Orbit. It was like a dance right. um, uh, kind of sound module. And he was using all the um, dance sounds and synths in the hip-hop music. And that's what made him stood out. So he was always doing electronic um, music. He just was changing the tempos and putting his own twists on it. So all those sounds, all those uh, electronic sounds, he was using those back in the yeah, when he first came out. And people didn't couldn't find like where is he getting them sounds from? Where and then I watched the interview where he said he was doing it from. He had got them from uh, one of the uh, electronic sound modules that had all the dance synths and mm-hmm. leads and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he was flipping it with the hip hop. So hey, I I hey I I don't know who's the person who started EDM trap. I don't know who started it, but I know that. Little John happens to be one of the pioneers who started that movement of EDN trap. And that created a whole genre for the EDN scene in the bass music scene where you got festival trap, you got mid-tempo trap, where you got breakbeat trap. And like you got such a, a lot of variety of traps with vocals here and there and just the drum beat with the with the drop and that's it. No rapping or anything. I know Little John was one of the first who pioneers who started that movement and make what it is now because it's because of him. There's literally hundreds of EDM DJs that play trap music or make trap music. Literally, it's it, it became its own genre of music. And Little John is definitely one of the pioneers. I'm I knew that he started with other EDM artists. Like, yeah, I know he's done a, a couple of house records before, but I know when he actually became Little John as the EDM trap DJ is when he did that collaboration with DJ Snake, which is like the, 
the most infamous track, Turned Out For What? <laughs> I kid you not, after that song came out, boom. It blow the fuck yeah. up in the scene itself. Like, now everybody wants to be an EDM trap DJ. I want to ask you this question. Mm. Um, how did trap become so tied into other genres? You have, uh, e like you said, EDM trap. Yeah. Travel House trap. This trap. Fe Festival this trap. trap. This, this yeah. and that. Yeah, I'm like, and we was talking about this when the, when the trap music first started. Like, you know, like when the Migos, we was talking about this before how they took the trap scene and just ran with it and Future and all, you know, Gucci Man, all of, all of ours like that. It was like, man, what else can you do with 808, man? God, dog. It was that 808, <laughs> man. <laughs> what else can you do with 808? So I was like, dang, yeah, start mixing genres with the 808. <laughs> hey, man, I guess that's where some of these uh, uh, people capitalized. When, when Little John started to do it, DJ Snake started to do it, and then other artists started to get involved. I believe that's where they started capitalizing. Like, oh shit, the 808s. Yeah. We can make a drop just with the 808s, man. And no singing or anything. Just little vocal shots here and there. I don't know. It became very, very, very well known. But I'll tell you what. Um, the whole fusion between our rap um, hip-hop artists to sing on these ADN songs didn't actually start it there. It actually started more on the housing. Like it got more flourish first in the housing and then it traveled into trap into where little John explored the genre and became bombing to what it is. Right. Um, I know David Guetta. He's a house DJ, well known in the world. He was one of the, I don't know if he's like the first. I can't say that he is the first, but I can say that he was definitely one of those people that reach out to the U.S., to the U.S. artists and say, hey, let's let's have house music and some elements of hip hop or trap or whatever into one. And that's where he actually made that track with Akon. Mm. That's back in the day when Akon was still popping. He managed to build that bridge to have EDM people you know, messing around with the hip hop people, you know, and that's where Akon started with the sexy bitch. Yeah. You remember that, right? Mm -hmm. That shit was like every club needed to play that song. That was the one song. And then little, you see little John start messing around with these uh, white dudes, the LMFAO. Yeah, LMFAO. Yeah. yeah, with the um, shots, 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 shots. And then you got Florida. And then Florida obviously went like went far yeah, and beyond. Like Pitbull, another one who and Pitbull, we all knew that Pitbull was basically the person that copy paste. Like he took, like he he hears a beat, he's gonna take that beat and put it in his. Yeah. Now he was well known to that. Um so many artists exploded because of that. I know that David it all started with the housing with David Guetta. And then it, and then every other DJ wanted a piece of it. And in my personal opinion, I believe that is the best move you can possibly do as an artist in both genres. Because now you're just showing the world that I can do more than just making this. I can also do this. I can also yeah. do that. What What's your take and into that? The whole I was always I always like for me electronic music when I first started. Um, getting introduced to music mm. it was like from my parents now which was 
mostly when they was coming up, it was disco. So oh, of course, disco and the same sounds electronic use a pretty. They was all using synthesizers. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that sound was always something that um, I liked. It. I never really gravitated to the sampling until I started digging more into like the, you know, how hip hop started, you know, Run DLC and all the way back to them guys back then, L. Cool J and all of them. And they was like sampling, you know, they producers were sampling music and stuff. So I never really um, heard music in that way until after I started listening to the way it was being produced, like with the synthesizer. So electronic music to me was like one of the main inspirations where I got my ears from listening to electronic music. And I always liked it. But um, I think the the producers who do it the right way and do the collabs the right way with the right artists. Yeah. I mean, it works. But then you got others just using a few samples and sounds that do it. And then I don't really dig it kind of like it may get played, but it don't really blow up. But I kind of, it depends on who do it. I mean, like Diplo or flip some stuff with some artists. Oh yeah. And you know, you'd be like, dang, he flipping a trap song like that with, you know, and it's, it's it'd be tight. It, it gotta be a real good, he gotta know his, he gotta know his, he gotta have skills, man, to do that. But I mean, yeah. I believe it's like the smartest move that you can do as a rapper. Because if you actually, I think that's exactly why Little John has lasted this long. I mean, Little John, if you look at his resume, like he was actually a DJ. And yeah. then he started, it started out with his shots of, yeah, what? Okay. On this slices. And then that led him to be a rapper, to be with the East Side Boys, and then do this collapse with the Jin Yang twins. Yeah. Then you get all his tracks. And then for a while, he was kind of like, like turned off. Like no one has ever heard of him again. And then he comes back again with this hip hop and EDM mashed up and doing all these sort of uh, collabs. And that's where he now he's like literally like he can either rap or DJ on any club. Yeah. Like it, it don't matter. And he's he's still going to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's it's incredible. Like, I believe it's a smart move from these certain artists if they want to be very re relevant. Like, if you you want to see yourself on a long road, you do a song. I don't know with these EDM artists, especially now that it's incredible how some of these EDM artists that does a lot of uh, trap beats and whatnot. I'm not trying to put any fires or put any shades at it, but I kid you not, they do way better beats than any of these um, trap beats that they do that these hip-hop people ask for and i will tell you why they they're way better it's because a these first of all they're djs so they know what what the people like second of all um the fact that they can pull a trap song without any vocals and still gets to be played on festivals just stands out how musically inspired these guys are really are and that's why just by that second fat, I can name you like three more other fats reasons why they're better than these beat makers. The fact that they are musically inspired and they're musically influenced, they can go to any key and to any notes and they and they can still make a trap song without any vocals and still be popping. Like if you take away 
if you take away Little John's voice and the turn down for what, the drop itself is still dope. That like yeah. you can't deny that. And it's making a huge wave of those trap artists, those EDM trap artists, to go into the hip hop scene and trap scene and have these collabs with these well people. That's like the smartest thing you can ever do. If you're a beat maker and if you wanna be do if you wanna do like beats and whatnot, that's fine. If you wanna last even longer, do what these EDM trap DJs do. Start DJing it and start making music from beginning to end, making drops. You're gonna have lots of collabs, man. A lot of my friends, like they started as a as trap DJs and now they're making songs with mustard and with Diplo and then doing with Tyga and any other rapper I can mention, like shit, bro. But there's something that always puzzles me the most. And maybe you can answer this. Um, why is it that hip hop fans don't like those sort of moves? Um, you know what? I don't it depends on which fans because you have to look at this electronic music hip-hop music hip-hop music came from the roger lynn sp1200 mm-hmm. right yeah and the electronic musicians used the 909 so the hip-hop baseline was the 808 the electronic version of dance music was the 909 yeah and using the kicks from them. And so even if you hear trap music right now um, on how to kick sound, the way it punched through the doop, doop, that that top end on that kick, that's 909 kick. And there's no way you could create that type of that that punch and those bass lines without mixing the two of them together. So just straight hip hop, like when it first came out, it was just sampling and people rapping over a beat. When the new age came in, the kicks got harder, more compression. They were just smashing everything. The bass lines got more defined. They was pushing the music a lot more than just a melody. And so a lot of people and producers who dislike the, the, the marrying of both, when you hear a trap or somebody do a trap kit or you purchase a audio pack with sounds in it, mm. with kicks, nine times out of ten, they're going to have 909 dance dance kicks in there that they're using to make trap music with. The genres, they had to merge to create this new sound, man. But it's just like, I guess some of the producers still feel like they don't, they want to keep their identity. But so much of hip hop, it has so many elements of electronic and some rock stuff mixed into it. Hmm that they don't realize it. what they putting on kicks now is distortion to make them dun, dun. distortion came from rock music. Talk about it. You know Talk what I about mean? it. And in order for those kicks to sound like that and those bass lines to start sound like that, you got to run them through distortion, the distortion pedals and all the stuff they was using on rock guitars. In order for them kicks to sound like that, you have to run them through distortion to get them to sound like that. So now you taking elements from rock, the way they mix their music loud, boom, that's how they mixing the trap music now. Loud with no real low end punch. It's just loud and compressed. That's how they master rock music. And you look at the electronics and we pulling the kicks from electronic music, the hi-hat rhythms and melodies and putting them on 808s. Oh, this trap music. No, it's a, a marrying of two different genres and maybe even three, which would be like um, 
when you say not tropical, but um the 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 bongos, uh, uh Spanish. Yeah, uh, that's you no. Know, what they what they call it? There's um, um it's not Afro. It's um. Says soca. Soca. Yeah. And um Cuban bongos, the shakers. Yeah. Man, trap music got all those elements in it. And believe it or not, there's a genre about that. There's actually there's two. You got twerk trap, which is literally <laughs> trap that's um like around the 100 BPM yeah. and use all those bongos with the 808s and everything, but it's much more dancier. It's you know much more right. And then you got Moombatom, which is more like a dancehall, like a dancehall vibe, but it's still using a lot of trap elements, but it obviously coming from the soca vibes and the dancehall vibes. And then you got that trap hole like dum dun dun dum dun dun and then having that trap element like Yeah, they made a lot of elements out of it, bro. Like there's also there's another genre called jungle terror. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's basically house music, but with the dance, with the soca style of of elements, yeah, and a little bit of trap into it, and it's but it's very fast. There's so many like trap got influenced by Manny, and it got merged by Manny. Like it yeah. came, and then it exploded again, and then it came more, and then it exploded some more. That's basically what it did. It, um, I mean, and it's funny that you say that about the whole rock elements, because, guys, if you pay attention, if you go to your favorite artist, let's say you go to a Drake concert. Why is it that Drake has a band behind them? Why? You're like, you're thinking in your head is like, why does Drake has a kicker, a drummer? Why does he has a guitarist, a bassist, a pianist? Like, he has a full-edged fl- band. Why? Um, it's what Archie said basically. Because some of those hip hop songs or trap songs, those elements came from rock. And then it only it only takes Dre to have a band, and the band is gonna play the same song, the song that you love the most from Drake. They're gonna play the same song, and it's gonna have more flavor, more life to it, but it's the same song. With the pianos, the, 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 the keys, with the bass and everything. And Drake is going to spit on it. And you feel like it's the same song, but something's different. Of course, because it originally came from that. Look how many artists have you seen that has a band behind them? Yeah, subconsciously, they don't realize it. But that sound and playing live has an element to movement like nothing else. Yeah. When you play instruments live or when you program a beat and you take the timing off and program a rhythm or a drum pattern with the timing off, it may be off, but it is something about it. When you put it all together with the beat, it just make the beat move for some reason. If you put everything in time. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, we got some technical difficulties. <laughs> Just wait for a second, people. Just wait for a second. And we're back. Sorry, guys. We just experienced a little technical difficulties, but we're back again for this episode. My, It's going to be very interesting for the listeners and the viewers to want to know what happened. But apparently, Archie's little camera went out of business for some reason. But <laughs> it's all good. We're back again to the episode. So let's bring it back again. So... Last thing we were talking about is the rock element, how all these artists, these beat makers, 
don't realize that we were they were actually using these rap elements to make these sort of beats in the trap game, especially when you actually seeing your favorite artist and then you see him, you know, playing live with a band behind you. And you're like, what the fuck? Why is he playing in a band? Like, and it's and it still sounds it's the same song and it sounds amazing. Like, holy shit, you know, and Archie, what was your thought about it? Well, I was, I was saying Saying it to all hip hop music, even the trap music, has an element, a live feel, some kind of way in it. So whether they it's a sample they push into it, or it's a live drum loop that they pull and they push into it, it creates life in the in the music. So, like I was saying, how the music was merged was from the distortion, the way they mix rock music, using distortion in different ways now in the trap music. Was the same thing they was doing with the leads and guitars and stuff like that with um with with rock music. And so we've taken elements from rock, we've taken elements of um electronic music, dance music, and all those things. And like Ralph was saying, like on, on stage, like man, all these artists are coming out with these bands, is because there's no feeling like a live feeling. Mm. Like when like when you're a producer and um, you make a beat and you take the time and the metro and you just go by the metronome, but you produce with no time correction, the beat just does something natural and by itself, it doesn't sound good. But when you pull it with all the elements, for some reason, the beat just like get life. And so when you be on a live stage like that and you put a live band and you play it live, yeah, you may not, it may not sound like it does in a car, but that feeling is undeniable, especially when they are in a big arena with freaking <laughs> almost 60, 70,000 watts of liner is pumping. Oh, through. man. You know, that live band and all that stuff, man, is wild. And that's rock element. <laughs> that's the rock elements of putting it in, mixing it with hip hop. You know what I mean? That's where it come from. What's your intake of um, artists, of rappers in particular, doing more EDM chats than their own genre of music of hip-hop or trap or so? What's your take on that? Well, to, to be honest, a hip-hop producer who make it big, there's only, there's only so many records he can do with an artist. Mm-hmm. Unless that artist is just signed to that producer. And he can continuously put stuff out without any AR or any label getting in the way saying, no, we're trying to go this route. In order for you to do that and stay relevant, you have to have your own stable of musicians or producers. Like when Timberland was producing, he had a stable of artists that he produced. And they did a, a run so long that is I don't I don't think anybody can duplicate it. Right. But, Unless you have them signed to you and you can continuously push your style of music out, there's no way you can convince a label to keep pushing your pushing your style of music over and over every year. They're just not going to do it. They're going to want you to do remixes with people and this and this and this and kind of elevate your, your, um, your, the artist to another level. And people say, we want to take you to another level. We want to do this. They All they're saying is, we don't want to do what you've been doing. Just in a nutshell. Oh. That's it. We don't yeah. been doing. We want to reach over and get some of these spots over here. And so that's all it is. They're not gonna keep mm-hmm. a, a producer doesn't have the power to hold an artist down like that. Right. 
you know, well, not anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the reason I say that, it's because, like I said you earlier in this episode, I just recently heard a rap rapper singing an Indian song, which was um, Tyga with Kanye West uh, doing a song with Skrillex. And obviously, if anybody's has heard Skrillex in the hip-hop scene or the trap scene, Skrillex is well-known, notorious to make dope-ass music with these certain rappers like Rick Ross and the Purple Lamborghini and um, what other, like, uh, Bougie Garden, uh, 2 Chains, like, Skrillex is well-known in the industry that he can make anything happen into something, you know? And I was listening to some, um, I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast and Joe Budden was just basically hating on Tyga for like, why you keep doing a EDM track? I want, I want you to, I want to hear a Tyga album of that you've been mentioning of just Tyga songs, of Tyga hip hop songs. Why do you keep doing this? And I'm like, man, what's the hate, bro? Like, he, A, he's enjoying it. B, he's making money. C, Everybody's becoming a Tiger fan because you're basically crossing over your your status as a rapper into the EDM scene. And now more people from the EDM scene is right now reaching out to Tiger. It's like, oh shit, never heard Tiger. I want to listen to his music now because of Skrillex. Bro, believe it or not, some of these artists, some of these hip rappers, I started listening to them because they made a well-known EDM song. And since then, I've been following them up. Prime example, g -Eazy. Everybody knew g for for the last album that he made, the No Limit track, and probably a few tracks here and there with g -Eazy. I knew g first track when he did that collab with Borgor, and it was called Forbes. And that song was hard. Like, I go hard. But I knew g -Eazy. But that's a prime example of me following a rapper because he did a song with an EDM artist, and I started following them. And I salute to all of those people doing that. I don't know why is it that they're hating um, them because like, I don't want to hear you make EDM beats. I want to hear you hip hop. Why? 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 Well, to be honest with you, uh, to me, being a uh, musician, an artist, I listen for two things. Mm -hmm. There's only a few rap voices that can play with that genre of music, electronic music. You got to understand electronic music, EDM music, is in a certain key range. Yeah. It's different from hip-hop. Yeah, I agree. But what's not different is when a rapper had his high kind of tone voice, it fits with electronic music. Yeah. Just like dance music always had these like um, vocal samples in there. Yeah. Flying through it. And it, and it was those like that kind of deep voice, but kind of melodic, kind of singing loud kind of voice that they always use. They never use any other voice for that because those type of voices fit in those fit with those sounds so well. It's like when you just fly them in and just put bounce on it. Same thing with EDM. EDM is a certain range. So it's certain rappers with a certain tone of voice that can make that work. You know what I mean? You can't put every rap on an EDM track. And I'm sure they tried it, but it just don't it just don't go together. And so a tiger who has popularity and his tone and then obviously uh, uh, a genius like Skrillex, he knows sound. dude. Like this guy started this, this type of music. He knows sound. So 
when there's a guy's voice that's melodically tied to his sounds in his mind, he like, man, I need to get this dude on. I'm going to do a collab. He think like a producer looking for different sounds. Mm-hmm. When you get tired of a sound model, you go looking for another sound model. They may be the same sounds. You probably can create them again, you know, but it's just something about using different sounds in the same key with your, with your music. Yeah, those guys just had a voice for it, man. Everybody can't do it. And rather you think they good lyricists or not, it's not about how good the lyricist is because you can take a a, a crappy rapper sample and take his voice and pitch it up and fly it into your dog on EDM track and you can make it bounce. That's what a producer does. He create new things. And Skrillex hear a voice, just like Dr. Dre. He's Dr. Dre interview. He say he, it's only a certain rappers that he gravitate to. They got to have a certain tone. Yeah. It's music. Yeah. Every rapper that Dr. Dre has something to do, every one of them had this unique voice. All the way from 50, um, uh, the whole G unit, Snoop, Easy e um, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. All of those big rappers. Eminem. Eminem had this voice. Yeah. It was his music. It's like you can't put certain sounds in your track that you produce because oh, that don't fit with what I'm doing. It's the same way. They hit he got voices like, man, this guy popping. He got a voice. I don't hear that sound on my track. Boom. And they capitalize. They just all they doing is producing, man. And that's your job as a producer to find new sounds. Those sounds may come in a in 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 within a, a guy's voice you know what i mean so hey it's the tone i don't know man i don't i don't hate it at all like how much these old og guys or hip-hop artists hates them i i find it like i I look at it like this like like i'm, I'm pretty as i mentioned before like i look at it as if like if i can do this I, and i can do this even more or further i'm gonna go stick with it you know because this is just proving that I, not only I can define myself as this, I can also be defined as this as well. So, and it's, and I believe personally that certain times at a career's, on an artist's career span, sometimes you, it's good for you to take certain routes so you can keep yourself po- uh, popular, and then you can come back again to your regular routes, you know. And then, and I'm pretty sure, like when you co- when you go do your EDM route and come back again to hip hop. Everybody's gonna be like, "Holy crap! This is insane!" Here she came back to hip hop, and, and the albums is say perfect example: Nicki Minaj. We all know Nicki Minaj started uh, rapping and all that, and all the stars she she was bent by the EDM bug, and she be doing albums and singles with EDM songs and whatnot. And then after that whole phase left, she came back again with the Anaconda song. And then now she's like rapping in every other song and whatnot. And everybody's like, holy crap, holy crap, Nicki Minaj, holy shit, Nicki Minaj. It was way much more popular. I sometimes really like as an artist, you need to explore certain things and certain genres to keep yourself much relevant and keep yourself much more like I can do so many stuff, you know. And then at times sound as well, you also. Oh, the timer right there again. Uh, to finish this, uh, what I'm about to say, um, at certain times, an artist needs to 
to jump other stuff so they can be on top of what's going on in the mainstream or what's the trend, you know? They got to follow the trend if they want to be irrelevant they want to stay uh stay in the industry for for a long period of time even sometimes even sometimes stuff that you don't want to do but it gets it gets the crowd going it brings you money it brings you more power like hey go for it um i heard it i heard it for an interview for Nicki minaj that she didn't like uh that she went that whole house face time she she never liked the starships or the of uh, the boom 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 superstar supergirl song she hates that she regrets doing those and i'm like damn bro like okay my bad yo <laughs> but i believe she had to do it i'm pretty sure the management if they're still managing her i believe the reps they told her you have to take that route if you want to be as popular as you are right now you have to Because I'm pretty sure Nicki Minaj will not be as relevant as it is as she is today if she hasn't done that idiom route for a bit and became mainstream. Because how many how many commercials have you seen on Nicki Minaj or if they use Nicki Minaj's voice on commercials if she hadn't mainstream herself? But now that hip hop is now becoming more mainstream. Oh, let me just go back again to hip hop. If she hasn't done that, I kid you not. I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be that as big as she is right now. Would you agree with that? Definitely. The fan base would would be, yeah, it'll, it'll be a lot lower. But you got all, but even Nicki Minaj wasn't the first one to do it. Rihanna was the first one to do no. it. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rihanna was definitely. <laughs> she, absolutely. She, she killed it. She, she did it the way it's supposed to be done. Yes. Yeah, Rihanna got into that electronic music, man. And, and she was, she, and her, all her roots was in uh, re- reggae, you know. She had, yes. Uh, you know, uh, island background. And so, hey, that when she started doing that electronic music, man. With all the Calvin Harris songs that she has, and that she still does it. And she's, bro, and she's a superstar. I consider Rihanna a superstar. Yeah. Damn, Nicki Minaj. And Nicki Minaj, I consider her, she's a star. But she's not a superstar level as Rihanna is. Yeah, Rihanna has got some, got some fire, man. Yeah, well, what is she doing, man? She's got a catalog. And, I, and you're absolutely right. And and it's a great move that Rihanna did it. Because I the only two songs that I know from Rihanna before she actually went to the whole Calvin Harris route and became all this way big was Pond, um not Pond the Floor, uh, Mr. DJ's here on the replay. Yeah. And the other one was the Jay-Z, the Umbrella. Yeah, my Umbrella, yeah. And then after that, she Calvin Harris been making her albums and singles and whatnot. She, yeah, she was, she's like a... Man, how many artists are right now superstar levels? Because they decide... Pitbull. Yeah. Pitbull was all hip hop. Yeah, he was. And I gotta say, I I I, I love hip. I loved a lot uh, Pitbull when he was a hip hop artist with yeah. DJ Khaled and all those people down in the three hundred five and whatnot. Bro, you to me, he was the shit. I don't care what anybody says, he was the shit. But I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be as big as he is right now if he didn't took that EDM route. Yeah, and there's yeah, all. He, 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 and the artist you talked about earlier, Florida. Florida, Florida made a career out of it. 
that's the first time I ever seen like hip hop artists views on a on a song on a video on YouTube was that high, like consistently. Yes, that fast rapping all that dude. People didn't understand. They people didn't understand it. I was like, man, this cat doing that much, that many views, that many artists collab for real. That kid Flowrider was. I don't know what happened to Flowrider, man, but that dude, that's one cat right there. <laughs> no, he's set for life. To be honest, yeah, he, yeah, he was—he was the only one sounding like like rapping over music like that. Yeah, he capitalized the moment. He knew he took that opportunity ever since he, ever since that T Pain song that he did with the the low, 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 yeah. and even that that's that beat itself has a lot of electronic elements into it. Yeah, and after that, Flowrider uh, like- became. One of the biggest mainstream uh, artists in the world, man. This kid, that kid was every song. Every song from Florida that was considered to be an ADN song was basically a hit. It was a banger. It was and it was in movies and it was in soundtrack. I'm like, man, this kid. Yeah, he was killing it, man. I don't. He probably don't really want to do no more movies. He done made so much money. He's like, well, whatever. I give it to somebody else. No shit. I didn't. Shit. <laughs> so our final thoughts um i would say that if you're as artist it's always good to explore other genres it is the only way for you to evolve yourself as an artist not only to, hey some artists rather stick to their roots and stick with their the same genre that's fine i'm not bashing out at it do you man do you guys? Um, but if you ever want to evolve yourself even more, even further, start exploring other genres and see if you can land on them. If you can, man, capitalize on it, man. Go take advantage of it, man. Who knows? Maybe this is actually the thing that will give you the starting point to blow you up. Another perfect example. Then I turn to you, Little Nas X. Oh. Yeah, his song was an EDM, but it was a mix of trap and country. Yeah, the country community did not like it, but the hip hop scene liked it, and they yeah. and then he put and then that Billy Ray Cyrus did that collab with him, and now everybody in the country sees like, okay, we well, you can come over here. Yeah. Per- perfect example, like explore your territory, explore your uh, other genres, man. Who knows? Like the sky's the limit. When you start exploring to other genres and you feel like you can fuck with them, hey, sky's the limit. What's your thoughts? Well, my thought will always be this. It'll always go back to the foundation. Always know who you are as an mm-hmm. artist first. Don't just want to be a musician or an artist and then start jumping on the EDM bandwagon or the electronic music bandwagon. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. The reason that some hip-hop artists are able to do that is because they have an identity and they have they know what they sound is. And so when you got that foundation first and you understand who you are, when somebody want to collab with you in, ele- in an electronic scene, you will know how to approach the music. You're not going to know how to approach EDM music or electronic music if you're just doing it to catch a wave because you won't know the tempos, you don't know how to rap on it, you don't know how yeah. to collab with it. There's no way you can create a great marriage with electronic music if you don't know who you are as an artist. And you always remember, every hip-hop artist that ventured over into electronic music, you still heard their identity. 
They weren't totally consumed by the electronic music. It was a marriage. Their identity was fused with an electronic identity. And you could hear both of them distinctly. It's not the artist went over and he just smeared by electronic sounds. No, their identity married with the right producer created a marriage. And that hip hop artist, you still hear his style on electronic music. But if you don't know who you are as an artist and you don't know how to um, use your instrument in that way, don't try because you look you look stupid. <laughs> you gonna right. waste a lot of money. <laughs> okay. And so that's that's my thought. Don't just jump into electronic music. First, get your identity together and see if you actually fit in electronic music. Mm-hmm. Every artist can't do that. I don't care if you put all the money in you. And Quincy Jones said this thing. He said um, three of the best singers cannot save a bad song. Oof. But a good song can make a mediocre singer, a star. Rich. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that is if so you don't true. know who you are as an artist, some artists want to do that, but you know what? They can't do it because it's just no marriage. And in order for that to work, you got to have a super producer there to tell you, okay, sing it like this. Do the line like this. Okay, wait. Slow down the rap. Do it like the boo-boo. It can make it work, but yeah, it, it, it some artists just don't have a gift to do it. Yeah. Unless they have a big super producer telling them how to do it and singing and stuff. But then originality will be going. When you hear the song, you won't hear their identity. It'll be like a produced song by a, a, a major you know, producer. You won't hear that artist's identity in the electronic music. That's the difference. You got to know who you are as an artist and, and you have to bring that and you have to be able to marry with it. you just because everybody I agree. Can, yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, I'm with you at that. Like, that's why I like, you know, if it, it's, it's not meant for everybody. It's definitely not meant for everybody, but if you can, and if it definitely works out, go for it, capitalize it. But if it's not, don't, don't, don't shoot your shots. All right. Just stick with what, with what you know, you know? <laughs> and so to wrap this up, our final thing, do we love it or we hate? Rappers going to EDM. I love it. I don't know about you, but I I, I love it. I, 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 hey, I love it too. If you can do it, do it. I love so, it. Here. So we're both in an agreement that it's actually a good move for uh, for rappers to do this if they can pull it off. Yeah, it's a great move. Yeah. Hey, I love it too. So we'll wrap this up with today's episode. So thank you guys for listening in, and remember. Every week, it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe to get your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also check out my YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. Comment down below to share your experience. And let me hear your thoughts, guys. Let me hear what you guys think about this. Is it really a good move for rappers to go to do EDM? Tell me why it is a good move. Tell me why it isn't. Tell me, let me hear your thoughts. And well, guys, thank you guys for tuning in and see you guys at the next one. All right. Deuces. Deuces.